Hey guys, Clyde here. Now before I begin to hop into today's episode and I introduce today's guest, I'd like to just take a quick moment and offer my apologies for the brief hiatus for Scanline Vibes. I almost wish I had something really dramatic or intense or uh, or crazy to report, but 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 the truth is I really don't have that much to say. I went through a pretty quick job change, and uh, that honestly was kind of motivated by a lot of the stress I was feeling at my former job, and uh, I've kind of transitioned back to another workplace, and just kind of having that going on in my life, and having a lot of stressors and anxiety, and all that stuff kind of just got on top of me. And even though I've had a couple episodes recorded, you know, waiting in the wing, I've got at least two or three really fantastic interview episodes, like today, and definitely like next week's. I just couldn't find the motivation to sit down and actually edit them. I was in a mental prison, I guess, of my own making, where I didn't feel motivated, I didn't feel enthusiastic. I I had these things in the back of my mind going, I should do them, but I I can't bring myself to do it. But yeah, the, the point is, everything is okay in my life. I apologize if I've worried anybody out there or if I've given you guys a scare. I promise everything is okay. And I just wanna say from the bottom of my heart, Thank you to everybody who reached out. Thanks to everybody who's offered kind words. Um, yeah, I, I wish there was something crazy and extreme and dramatic going on, but uh, yeah, just just the normal everyday stress of life. But regardless, it feels great knowing that I've got people around that I can lean on and talk to, and and the support is just fantastic. It really means a whole lot to me. You guys mean a whole lot to me. Thank you so much for just you know being there and the comments on Facebook and the messages. God, that's it's fantastic. You guys are amazing. So from the bottom of my heart, really, truly, thank you. Now, today's episode is an episode I recorded about a month ago, uh, early April, and uh, it features a guest named Corey, and we hop into one of my favorite games from the very first episode of Scanline Vibes, Super Mario RPG. Corey has a really unique perspective on this game because he's just played it for the very first time. And what's, what's even more interesting than that to me is that He's coming at it from the perspective of somebody who's played the Paper Mario series. So I really dive into that a lot with him and I explore how it kind of fits into the bigger picture. And we just, we had a total blast with this conversation. I loved every minute getting to speak with Corey. And yeah, we have a lot of fun towards the end of the episodes. Some really great shout outs. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave some of the stuff behind the curtain for now, but stick around. You guys will really enjoy it. So, so with that in mind, I think we're going to go ahead and dive into it. Sorry again for the wait. And thank you so much for the support. This is another look at Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars, here on Scanline Vibes. Mr. Corey, welcome to Scanline Vibes. All right, thanks for having me. This is an absolute like gem, uh, making my week. It's kind of final projects right now, and uh, very glad I could be on here. Dude, it is my pleasure. It is my genuine pleasure to have you on uh, for a couple of reasons. One, you're just an amazingly awesome dude with great taste in games. But two, like we're talking about one of my favorite video games of all time today. Yes, uh, Super Mario RPG. Uh, just before we get into that, really funny. We're shooting this on a Monday. So normally you release on Mondays, and I usually spend this evening listening to Scanline Vibes and like playing some games. Yeah. So this is uh, my my Monday Scanline Vibes. 
Oh, but, uh, now, now I guess I'm in it, not listening. So yeah, you're like literally you've crossed through the microphone onto the screen. You are now in the actual program. That is so awesome. I, first of all, I'm honored to have you on. Like it is so cool to have genuinely awesome people on the program and thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of it. Thanks for having me. All right. Super Mario RPG. Let's get into this. I knew I was going to love this game because I'm a huge Paper Mario fan. Ah. Very happy that, uh, it delivered everywhere I wanted it to. So, everywhere it delivered it everywhere. Yes, um, it got like my reasons for loving Paper Mario are like the combat system, the writing, the characters. Yeah, even the locations, and uh, they all felt either kind of like a a proto Paper Mario to say, mm. or they they did it better in some aspects. Yeah, that's actually you're gonna hate me for saying this, Corey. Like right out the gate, I. I've always felt that Paper Mario simplified uh, a lot on the Mario RPG formula. Uh, you may totally disagree with me. I Well, I invite the javelins, but my impressions of Paper Mario has always been a simplified version of Mario RPG. I feel like Mario RPG is the great OG that just nailed it out of the park. And then everything that's kind of come after it has been, um, I don't want to say like a childish version of it, but it does seem simpler. Uh, and it does seem like yes. it's, it's gotten progressively simpler. But I, I would agree with that um, in like, I grew up playing a lot of Paper Mario 1. Um, I like, that's probably my crown jewel Paper Mario game. Mm. Uh, even I even like it more than Thousand Year Door, but... Uh, wow, that's actually really, that's an unpopular opinion. Thousand Year Door is really, really popular. It is. It's a super good game, but um, Paper Mario, I think it's, it's shorter, and I like that aspect more mm. as well. It's, it's just a, a quicker, more storybook, less serious type adventure versus Thousand yeah. um, Year Door. So needless to say, you went into Mario RPG with very, very high expectations. And would you say it delivered? Would you say it exceeded? Where does it fall on your on the barometer? Um, I loved it. It's definitely a game I would put on my must play list. If anyone was like, gun to my head, hey, I need five games to play. Yeah. Uh, Super Mario RPG is definitely going to be up there. Yeah, I man, I I don't know. I'm sure you've heard the Mario RPG episode I did, right? The it's the fir- yeah. very first episode of Skyline Vibes. Yes. And the reason I did that as the very first episode was because just how much this game means to me. Um it's a game that I learned a lot from growing up as a child. It's a game that's just I don't I don't know if you felt the same way, but I feel like the presentation, which is probably a good place to start, I feel yeah. like the presentation of Mario RPG is just outstanding. Yeah, it it looks amazing. The sound is amazing. And even um, just how you interact with the game feels really well. Um, Like the battle system, Mm. uh, if we want to go into the kind of presentation there, how each button is a different different action. And when you go into a menu, so if you go press, uh, it's what, Y to Mm -hmm. go to the items, you press Y again to go forward through it. And if you press A, which might be intuitive for your first couple hours, you go to your attack. Right. And I found that to be very, like, simple mm. and effective. Yeah, I love the presentation of the combat and just the overall graphics of the game. Like, it just, it to me, that game is the, is one of the games in the Super Nintendo. It does not look like a Super Nintendo game to me. Like, it, it looks it's... like an N64 game or it looks like something that was made with future hardware and somehow got like thrown back onto this got, got ported yeah it yeah. really it really does and i love the i love the sprites i love how 3d they made all the, the sprites and characters look 
And yeah, just that the the presentation of that game, if there's nothing else people take away from Mario RPG, it has to be it is one of the best looking games in the Super Nintendo. And I, I don't think there's any way to argue with that. Definitely the and it, the it hasn't aged at all. Um, like they definitely knew the limits of the console that they were working on. Yeah. And they didn't do anything that was kind of like risque. Mm. Um, and I think you see that in a lot of Super Nintendo games, which I love. Um, but yeah. just the art style going forward, it doesn't look dated like an, an N64 game would at this point. Yeah, I also, I think one of the things I, I touched upon uh, in my original Mario RPG episode that I don't know if you agreed with, but um, I felt like they really represented Mario's world in a, in a way that I'd never seen before. I kind of felt like I was seeing a new interpretation of the Mushroom Kingdom, and it was really different. I mean, for me, the only Mario games I'd played up until that point in my life, I mean, I played it obviously as a kid on my Super Nintendo, and yeah. the only Mario games I'd known were Super Mario World, um, or I'd seen videos of like the classic NES Mario games. And for me, seeing Mario represented, this was pre-Mario 64, so yes. see, seeing Mario's world represented like this was so different and it was really jarring but in the most delightful way possible yeah um how it's it's more more almost viewed as a zelda world almost it's more set up as a zelda world sort of i guess like an rpg world or jrpg world where there's the kind of different communities and how you move on the the axis versus just a side scroller um something about that i really loved how all the like Mario's already a hero in the universe. Everyone assumes, like, knows who he is, even though it's a common joke that people are like, "Oh, who's this?" Yeah. Um, but it's already expected that Mario's a hero. It's expected that Bowser's a villain. It's expected that Toadstool's a princess. Mm-hmm. And I really loved how this, the Mario Kingdom, fits in this kind of like uh, fourth wall breaking universe, mm-hmm. referencing the other games in the series. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, one of those points that you just like, I've never conceptualized this in my mind like that, but you're absolutely right. Like that these are established characters and this kind of larger canon going on. One of the things that I loved about Mario, which I almost feels, I feel kind of bad for Mario about is like, no matter where he goes, like whether it's Moleville or whether it's like the, you know, the tadpole pond, no matter where he goes, the first thing NPCs ask him to do is like, jump, prove to us your Mario. Jump right yes. in front of us. It is so cute and so like random. And it's like, I almost feel bad for Mario. It's like, he's got to feel a little bit reduced. Like, that's all he is to people. And and I love in lots of those uh, situations, you actually have to press the jump button. Yeah. Uh, which I found really good. Um, even in some conversations, uh, there's one toad in the, uh, I guess, Toadville is at the town, um, mm-hmm. the main town of the Mushroom Kingdom, where they're like, I got you or like made you jump or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's so it's so great. And you it, like I remember the first time for me, just like you said, that the player has to jump. I would get to those sequences, and I didn't realize the game was waiting for a button input. So I would stand there stupidly for a couple seconds before I realized, oh, the game wants me to jump. I, I hit that as well, and I thought it was equally as like funny. Um, Cause like, oh, I'm I'm in control. I I have the agency here. Yeah. How did you feel about the decision to not have Mario talk? 
Um, I think it was a great decision. I think that, well, we got the pantomiming out of it, which was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I love that, how much personality they gave Mario yeah. in the uh, pantomiming. And I think uh, if you were to make Mario talk and give him a lot of lines in a game, mm. you kind of start to dilute the Mario character a little bit. Totally, yeah. I, I It's going to sound strange, but... Um the way that Square really treated Mario's gestures and pantomiming was really, um, it was adorable, but it wasn't like, it wasn't offensively adorable. It wasn't adorable for the sake of being adorable. It's like, it was there for a reason. He had to communicate complex ideas and it was still really, really funny to see. And I really loved it. Um, one of the modern criticisms of games you see is of, of when a new indie game comes out or when a new modern game comes out, if the game is really, really cute, people will jump on those games and say, look, this game is succeeding just because it's appealing to cute characters or cute vibes. But in the way Square treated Mario's personality and those pantomimes, I loved the way that they just had him running around all frenetic. One minute he's Bowser, the next minute he's Peach, you know, yes, screaming. I, oh, it's just so funny. I love those I sequences. I loved how they would just straight out, like, put in the model for the other character. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was great. And even sometimes you'd see Mario, like, stop and think and then, like, go through the story. Yeah. And I found that to be really funny as well. Yeah, I completely I completely agree. I loved it. And even though... Um, even though he's, it's not like a game where you're right up on the character models, they did a great job with making each sprite really expressive. You know, like each yes. each sprite in the game is so beautifully illustrated that even from far away, even with this like isometric view we have on the world, you really get the sense of like, okay, this character is really happy or they're going through something difficult or yeah, yeah, everybody feels so expressive in the game. Even with the, the Mario kind of being the like cutesy, the very start of the game establishes Mario to be an absolute unit. Um, mm. When you're walking into Bowser's castle the first time, none of those enemies give you any sort of problem. Right. And it's just kind of like a very easy... Um, you beat everyone up um, combat tutorial mm. and you easily are able to defeat Bowser. Yeah. So it's, it's already applied or implied that uh, Mario is an absolute hero and quite powerful, not not just kind of a cutesy little figure. So, yeah. Oh, so good, man. There's just there's so many amazing little details about it and the world feels so rich. I yes, I guess a natural place to kind of kind of evolve into for this discussion is what did you think about the overall story of the game i found okay super interesting most of the characters um they finish their their kind of arcs or their uh their goals before the end of the game mm. at least in your party mm -hmm. um, like mario's uh goal right from the beginning is to save toadstool which you do quite early Mm -hmm. And Malos is to find his parents, which you do mm -hmm. um, later in the game. And Bowser's, of course, is to save or retake his castle, which is uh, he, he threatens to quit after that. Yeah. And I really enjoyed how kind of you had that distinctness mm. and then how it was kind of Gino bringing them all together. Because once, once Mario saved Toadstool and it was Toadstool's uh, goal to adventure... Mario was already kind of bought into Gino's like we got to save the star road yeah so I found that really cool yeah I think it's amazing that I think that clearly this is a an RPG that even though it was geared towards you know early RPG fans or new RPG yes. fans it's still the game was still complex enough to have all these storylines going on and 
I thought that was a really wonderful thing about the game is that you could appreciate Bowser, who has com- Bowser has completely different struggles in the game than Gino does, right? And and Mallow has yes. completely different struggles than Mario and Peach do. And yeah, I know. I just I absolutely love the those characters and the overall story. Did you have a um? Did you have a favorite moment from the game that like really stuck out to you? Um, lots of the kind of subtle subtle things uh, I really enjoyed. Um, some of my favorite moments are definitely when Frogicus. Yeah. I believe that's his name. Is is telling Mallow that he's not a tadpole, and it, it's a uh, yeah. supposed to be this like heart wrenching scene. Yeah. But like Mallow's clearly a marshmallow little dude. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, like it, it's very obvious to the audience that it's it's they're playing it up for uh, humor. Yeah. Um, I also really enjoyed some of Bowser's um when you'd run into his his old old army people. Yeah. And he would just kind of be be a little sad and be like, "No, you're don't don't join me. You have something better going on here." Yeah, yeah, totally. I I love that going to Monstro Town and seeing like him catching up with all of his old comrades and being like, "Dang, like you guys made a good life for yourself. Like, good for you." I I honestly loved Monstro Town. It was it was a very good place. Yeah, my one of my favorite moments from the game that I completely neglected to mention in my in my the first time covering this game in the first, original episode um, was the scene where when you arrive in the town in Gino's town um, before he's actually transformed into a like a living doll. When you go yeah. to when oh it's Rose Town that's right. When you go to yes. the Rose Town Inn. You walk inside and there's this cutscene that plays where you're meeting this kid and his mother who runs the inn and the kid's like, hey, I want to play dolls. Like, will you play with me? And I love that he makes the player play as Bowser. Like, I love that he makes you control Bowser and Mario's like doing these grunty. He does like the Bowser sounds perfectly. Like he imitates them perfectly. And uh, like, I don't know if you remember, there's like a scene where he like, they have like a back and forth and Mario straight up like knocks the kid flying across the room at one point. Right into the wall. Yeah. I love, I'm pretty sure at that point, uh, like Mario and Mallow kind of go through the plot of the game to the kid as well. Yeah. And um, that, that scene is definitely one of them I really enjoyed. And I love how for the rest of the game that ends free because you like, as the mom say, you humored my, my kid. Mm. So you get to stay here for free. Yeah. I actually didn't know that. That's a fun little fact. I did not know that the Rose Town Inn was free for the rest of the game. Yeah. That is cool. You just taught me something about my favorite game, man. Dang. Awesome. That is learning awesome. stuff. Yeah, I am. I'm learning stuff. Yeah. I love I love that sequence. There's there's so many, like that is one precious moment in the game, but there are a lot of precious moments in Mario RPG that are just so great. Um I don't I don't know. Did you have a favorite area or did you have a favorite did you have one that comes to mind? Um one of the things you brought up in the, the previous episode is like when Mallow meets his parents and uh Mario just pulls out the umbrella. Yeah. And I loved how it's never explicitly stated. Mm. Uh, Frankis kind of hints on it that when Mallow cries, it rains. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, how that's just kind of picked up and, and put in. Yeah. I man, there's there's so many amazing little moments. I think one of the ones that's coming to mind that is funny is like when you're rescuing um, the mole kids from the mine and you're yes. like going through the cart sequence and then it, like the game cuts to the parents at the house worried sick about their kids and then Mario and the moles like come in from the roof. Oh, it's so great. There's there's so many charming sequences in that game that it's just like this game has so like there's so much attention to detail that went into making it. There's so much oh, care. Totally. Yeah. There is so much love. Um I loved how on Yoshi's Island 
um, or is it called Yoster's Island in the game? Hmm. I don't remember. But uh, when you want to talk to the Yoshis, you have to ride Mario's Yoshi so he can translate. Yeah, yeah. Like even that's just a very simple uh, detail yeah. that really elevates the game, in my opinion. Yeah, when I whenever I think about that Yoshi's Island area, I actually think about all the like. There's so many mini games in the game. Like, yeah, they, they did such a fantastic job of not. Like it's so in so many RPGs. Like if you think about Pokemon, right? It is a tragedy that Pokemon exists as an RPG where you go to a town, you knock all the trainers out, you go to the next town, you knock all the trainers out, you go to the next town, you knock all the trainers out, and there's very little variety in terms of what you actually do as a player. Whereas in Mario RPG, it's like you might go somewhere, but then you're doing a marriage sequence, or you might go somewhere and then you're doing a minecart sequence, then you might go somewhere and then you're in Booster's Tower with a hundred different mini games, and it's like. They there's so much care and love that went into designing every sequence. There's I feel like every single sequence in the game is memorable to me. And now that now that I think about Booster's Tower, oh, I love Booster's Tower. I love Booster's Tower as well. Yeah, I love the uh, the curtain mini game at the end of it. So much. Yes. Fun. Oh, so good. And I love the theme. I believe it's heart beating a little faster. It plays where you're trying to like hide, and that theme feels so Mario Party. I feel like they ended up using uh, that song in Mario Party. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me. I love that sequence so much. And I just love how boosters, lots of the, or at least some of the bosses in the game, except for Smithy's crowd, mm. they're not really antagonistic. Yeah. Like, Booster himself is more or less a force of nature. Uh, he's quite chaotic. Mm. And anyone, any one of his uh, people that you're fighting, it's not like they necessarily hate Mario. It's just that they're listening to uh, Booster's kind of jumbled instructions yeah yeah more or less um and also the the captain of the uh the shark captain in the the sea ship yeah uh, the second ship like he's just following his rules of claiming anything that falls in the ocean mm. it's not that he has any dislike or hate for mario right it's 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 uh, i once heard this said about earthbound um that it's like the whole world of earthbound feels like it's there's nothing that's there to genuinely try to hurt you. It's all like it's all innocent and it's all like there to be your friend. And I, I do feel as yes. though Mario RPG is like that in a lot of ways too. Yeah. I I definitely agreed and I, I love that about the game where it's not like, oh, I'm trying to defeat a big bat all the time. It's like, no, these are just people living their life. And unfortunately, in this game, the only way we can uh, go through conflict is through a fun battle sequence. So yeah, yeah. Did you? I, I've got to ask. Did you game over at all in the game? Be honest with me. Be honest with me, Corey. I'll know if you lie. I don't think I did because I played super conservatively. Um, huh. Like using Mario's just basic jump attack, it gets stronger. Yeah. Every time you use it. Oh yeah. Um. So it's kind of broken. And then once you can Geno boost, and then especially once you get Peach's healing. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're uh, you're pretty broken at that point. Yeah, group hug is in is on my short list for most broken moves in RPGs. I mean, group hug is so good. It's like heal everybody, purge all negative status effects. Everything is fine. It's like ugh. it is broken, and it's super cheap to cast. Yep. As well, I think it's only like eight flowers or something. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, which isn't that many. Yeah, oh, it's it's so cheap, and Peach's her healing is super super broken, and it's honestly it's kind of a shame because if you talk to people, like if you talk to Mario RPG fans and you ask them what their final party was, you will always hear people say Mario, 
Peach, something. And it's usually yeah. Bowser or Gino, but there's no Mallow love. And I always feel bad. I'm like, man, where's the freaking Mallow love? Like, God dang it. And his symbols. I thought that was amazing how um, he uses symbols to attack. Yeah, yeah, it's cute. It's really, really cute. Oh, geez. So you didn't you didn't game over at all. So I want to push your intuitions around. Did you did you struggle with any bosses? Like, I, I want to know, how did you fare against the cake boss? So I love the cake boss. He was definitely one of the harder ones. I also over-leveled myself, I'm pretty sure. Uh. Um, so my kind of rule going into it was if I have to grind at all, mm. I'm dropping the game. Yeah. But because of that, I'm going to fight every enemy I see on screen. Gotcha. Um, unless they respawn. Mm. So I, I definitely defeated everyone. Um, but the cake boss, because he has so many different like sweeping attacks. Yeah, definitely. It was very close, um, though it was very fun. Um, I loved how the head chef mm. just like does not believe. I think his name's Tort or something. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I love how he wouldn't believe that uh, the cake was like moving and stuff, and the apprentice would keep on being like, "Hey, you know this uh, this cake, something's going on here," mm. and he'd just like yell at him essentially. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As as the cake's like clearly trying to fight you. Yeah, I man, that cake is so dangerous. It can apply fear to your party, and it has many, many attacks that just hit everybody for pretty decent damage. Yeah, especially once you get the fear debuff. Yeah. Like, you're not hitting that well, and you're pretty pretty ripe for a sweep. Yep, it's also pre—I think it's pre-peach in your party, so you're definitely—you don't have group hug, you know? So it's like, you've got to yeah. be very careful. I've I've personally wiped to that cake being very reckless. Yeah, um, again, I was, I was playing super conservative because of that. I'm pretty sure I had some mushrooms built up at that point mm. going into it, um, so I was fine. Did you have a uh, did you have a favorite boss in the game? Oh, favorite boss off summit. Um, I really enjoyed fighting. Is it Valentina? Yeah, it is Valentina, and the the bird is named Dodo. And I think Dodo, because like the whole time Dodo like. He clearly just hates Valentina yeah. or um, he wants to be away from her, mm. but he just like doesn't have kind of the self-confidence to leave her. Yeah. yeah. And during the fight, I was just really expecting to kind of like um, Darth Vader throwing Palpatine down the uh, down the shaft yeah. type moment. I could see that. Like him just turning on her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that that fight can be dangerous, too. I've had like because I believe at a certain point in that encounter, Dodo carries off one person like one on one. And it's uh, it was definitely dangerous. I don't know if I I lost the character in the one on one fight, but I know they went down Mm. as soon as they came back. Gotcha. Yeah, that that one on one little thing with Dodo can be dangerous. But did you did you complete the uh, the post game? Did you fight, or I guess I wouldn't call it post game, but did you actually open the door with the shiny gem, the shiny gem, and fight Kulix? I didn't fight Kulix. Oh, um, that's. I should go back and do that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that would be a definitely like challenging battle. Yeah, and oh. and the great thing about that is is you don't have to do a lot of work to like to begin that encounter. You just have to go buy the shiny charm or whatever, and it's like I don't know a couple hundred gold or something or Mario coins or whatever. So yeah. it's it's really easy to get into that encounter. Yeah, so it'd be fun. Um, I love the Axum Rangers as well. Oh yeah, they're, um, they're a fan favorite for sure. I just love how they're they're kind of like the Power Ranger thing. Um, yeah. I love the Cooper Bros and Paper Mario. Hmm. 
And I love how actually both the Cooper Bros and uh, the Axum Rangers have that kind of Megazorg form after you defeat them. Yeah, yeah. So um, I thought that was hilarious. How did you feel about characters like Balome or Croco? Balome or Croco. Um, you have to jog my memory on who either. Croco. Or I might even just... Oh, yeah. Google Images is your friend here. Uh, Croco is the alligator guy that steals the frog coin from Mallow at okay. the beginning of the game. I love how at the end of the game, especially like he's kind of annoying every time you battle him. Yeah. Um, but when when you get to like Bowser's castle and he's like, oh, I'll sell you stuff, but I'm not going to bail you out. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you're clearly here because it is in your best interest as well that I'm successful. Yeah, yeah. He's he's such an interesting character to me. Um, I really like I really like there's a lot of these characters in Mario RPG, characters like Gino, Mallow, Croco, tons of the bosses that I feel like it is such a tragedy that they haven't been brought back for other Mario games. Like they're such charming, wonderful characters that I'm like, I need these characters in my life more. I need to see them in future Paper Mario games or I need to see them in other Mario RPG incarnations. I love a lot of those characters. Yeah, his design is also super cool. He just kind of seems like a, a kind of lone shark, um, like T-Rex, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I'm pulling him. I'm pulling up to see. Uh, to see. I think he's got a top hat, right? Yeah, he does look like a top he hat. Does. Yeah, and I remember in the mines when he steals your items, that was super, super dangerous for my, my party as well when I went through it. Yeah, I might have went out and healed at that point um, because you have to go through. He has his, like, three little minions, mm. go through all those, and uh, I was, you do fight him, I'm pretty sure, and he was always a, a stronger fight, especially early game. Yeah. My my favorite, my favorite boss in the game is has got to be Balome. I love Balome so freaking much. How do you spell that just off the top of my or your head? B-E-L-O-M-E. And B- okay. Balome is like that big dog thing that, yes. that eats characters. It's He's so yeah. weird. And, and he's just kind of sitting there and he's like, hey, you want to get past me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna going to taste you. He is such a weird character. Like, I feel like Balome deserves to be made into a Pokemon. Like, if Balome was a Pokemon, I would choose that Pokemon every time. Yeah, and his design felt very different than everything else's. Yeah. He's so weird. He's such a weird character. Like, he's got four eyes, and he's got this tongue that's always hanging out. And, yeah, he's not the most dangerous opponent, but I I love that that character's design so much. I just loved how um, even the kind of one-offs enemies, because um, you might only fight Balone twice, I think. Yep, that's correct. Um, still have that much care into them. Mm. And lots of the Smithy Gang enemies are, though they get reused uh, later in the game in the last dungeon, yeah. just kind of palette swaps, mm-hmm. but they all feel very unique. Mm. No design feels called in. Yeah, yeah, and I I love that throughout the game there is a very very small amount of palette swaps. Like I think that's the only instance really where you see them is that is the bosses at the end during the boss rush kind of area. Yeah, even like the couple palette swaps you see, like the the Koopas make sense in universe, or the different Goombas like make sense in universe. Yeah. So that was a that was a lucky I guess Mario trope that uh, that they were allowed to use. Definitely, yeah. Did you have a favorite area in the game? Um, by far, Booster's Tower. Oh, really? Yes. I just loved how it was so weird. 
Um, there's some little, like, key little story moments, like, uh, where you find the, um, the chain chomp, like, chained up. Yeah. And Bowser's just like, don't, don't watch. Yeah. It's... And just, like, goes off and talks to it, then it's his weapon all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's wild. And to get that chain chomp, you actually have to, like, solve the painting order. You have to, like, yes. put the generations of those characters in order. It's really interesting. And uh, the answers are, of course, in the basement, so you had to, like, have paid attention to those. Yeah. Um, I also love the little room where you could go into the uh, the 8-Bit Mario sprite. Oh, yeah. It's a shame you can only do that once per file, but yeah, no, I, I feel you. That was a really cool sequence, too. It's just a nice little nod, and uh, it really fit into the kind of Booster's Tower, like, feel going on, how everything is weird, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm. Yeah, if, if you had asked me, like when I was a kid playing the game, what my favorite area was, I would have told you, hands down, Nimbus Land. I, I really enjoyed Nimbus Land. Beautiful area. You feel like you're up in the clouds. You have to climb like those vines to get there. You have to yeah. climb the piranha plants. That was such a cool little, like, it, it was such a cool little fairy tale moment and getting up there above the world, it just felt really cool. And you also realize pretty quickly, this is where Mallow's from and it's, it's a really yes. neat area, but... I love. If you'd asked me as a kid, I would have said I love Nimbus Land. As an adult, though, I I might throw a different like a different answer. I might say I like Rose Town while it's still under attack from the uh, from Boyer from the uh, the Arrow guy. I love yeah. how dark and creepy it is, and like the townspeople when they get hit, Are they get yeah yeah they get frozen. frozen. And I love how when you come uh, first enter Rose Town, they're not all frozen, mm. but as you're kind of walking around outside, more and more get hit by arrows. Which is a nice detail. It is a. It is. There's so many nice little details in the game. Did you find the lazy shell and the lazy armor? I did not. Oh my gosh! No! 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 Corey, really? You didn't? Oh my gosh! That is something I'm gonna say. You have to do. You have like Clulix is is a boss that you really definitely should fight. You have got to go find lazy shell and the lazy armor. It's not a very hard side quest, but. It is the coolest little thing, and when you get it, you're you're like it's a huge power up. You've you've got to do that. You've absolutely got to do that. All right, I'm I'm very down to to go back into the game and do that. Yeah, you um, you will totally love it. It's it's like a two second side quest. There's um there's an invisible in Nimbus Land. The way that you get one of the components for it is you have to walk off the edge of the map in Nimbus Land off to a place that's just like an invisible walkway that you would never know to run along that boundary and. God, that reminds me. The game had so many secrets in it, like so many hidden yeah. boxes and coins, and and I love that. Um, it it felt like like I really love to explore the world, and I really have trouble lots of times like moving on, thinking like, hmm. oh, what if I don't come back here, and uh, I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. But I felt like the game constantly was rewarding me for when I took that time. Yeah, definitely, and. It's just it was so easy because all like the act of jumping around as Mario is fun. They really made his yeah. physics fun. So it's like he just has this awful boing sound as he just constantly is jumping through the world, and it was entirely too much fun. Did you find what is it? Rock candies like rock candies that do like two hundred damage to everything. Yeah, those were uh, a safe, um, very very much savior in the the Smithy fight where he's still like making the uh, the enemies mm, yeah. to fight you with. Because yeah. uh, you're up against essentially like four different uh, enemies in that situation. Yeah. So it's like, I'll just rock candy some. Yeah, some definitely. Suckers. Man, that Smithy encounter is actually, now that I think about it, it's actually kind of, inter it's terrifying how industrial it is. Like, 
Yes. It's in this like factory setting and it's all like, it's the music's really intense and yeah, Smithy himself is kind of horrifying looking. Especially once you get him out of the kind of like Santa Claus-y form. Yeah. Um, and the background mm. when you're you're in that second form fight too is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I'm actually going to pull it up. I want to see. I haven't seen it in like a hot minute. Yeah, no it is. Oh, it's terror. Oh my gosh, this guy is traumatizing. Ugh. Yes, um, absolutely like... It, the game is, is has nothing that's gonna scare like kids before that, but when you get to that fight, it's like, oh, this reminds me of that, that one little doll in Toy Story. Uh, I think it has the spider legs and like the broken up doll face. Yes, yes, I totally see that. Yeah, man. Yeah, right in the background, one of the faces that are looking at you is like, oh. Yeah, I'm seeing a uh, I'm seeing a, uh, a screenshot from a fight here where their party is, of course, Mario, Bowser, Peach shame for shame I also speaking of places i just love the sunken ship i loved how the kind of six rooms to get the clues yeah yeah that's a that's a good variation mm. and it didn't overstay its welcome yeah and i love that they took the time to actually make mario's physics different in the water like when he jumps yes. around it feels like you're he has buoyancy and it, it's just they did a great job with that and how he would he would he'd kind of he could like jump up to the surface and then he'd be stuck on the surface. It was a really interesting bit of design that went in there and it would have been really easy for those developers to just copy and paste him down in the water, but they didn't. They actually took a lot of time and and said, "How can we make this feel like he's in water or make it feel more claustrophobic or slow things down a little bit?" Yeah, and then like jumping how like normally like you were saying, I I was jumping everywhere cuz the sound was actually like I enjoyed it. It was uh it was good to hear that bouncing noise. Yeah. And I wanted to find stuff. But as soon as I was underwater, it's like, okay, I can't just jump all the time or I have to go back to the uh, the whirlpool. Yep. That's exactly it. Yeah. How did you how did you feel about the use of Starmen in uh, Mario RPG? Yeah. I, I thought that was really cool because like you need the star in the game, it's a Mario game. Mm-hmm. And I just loved how they were always set in situations where you would have either had to like pass a bunch of people or skip a bunch of people or it would have just been like a huge time sink mm. so the game definitely was like hey it, it trained you early on that if you get a star your job's just like run as fast as you can yeah yeah and um then once you you figure that out the the few later times where you get them it felt just really nice because it's like oh sweet getting some easy levels here yeah, I actually, that reminds me, I asked you your favorite area, which was Booster's Tower, but did you have a fair, an area in the game that was actually your least favorite or that you didn't like? Oh, I think, honestly, uh, by the end of the game, by kind of like Bowser's Castle, well, even, even mm. the volcano to Bowser's Castle to like Smithy's kind of complex, I felt the game started to drag. Uh, mm. There's no more mini games at that point. Yep, yeah. And Bowser's Castle, and honestly, the the kind of six door thing mm. was a bit of a, a grind. I found. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, I can definitely see how it would be like you just, especially if you drew like doors that were like, here's twenty fights in a row. You enjoy that? Yes. That was like, oh no. But there were some, so there were some rooms in that in that six door ch- like puzzle choice that had some really cool rooms in it. But yeah, no, if you if you drew the combat rooms, oh God help us, that was awful. I remember the one where you're kind of like rolling around in the ball, avoiding the bombs. Those were fun. Yeah, and there's a lot of like little puzzle ones. Did you did you draw the one that had you guessing the number of barrels in a room? 
Like they I don't like, think so. Like there was there was one there would like they'd like the screen would black out and then it would and then it would fade back in and you'd see a room full of barrels and you'd have to guess the number of barrels in that room. It would give you ten seconds and then it would fade back out and go, How many barrels were there? Thirty eight? Forty three? I didn't get that one. But I did get the the kind of Donkey Kong one. Mm. Um where you're like going up the wall and then there's the like the not Donkey Kong enemy on top. The yeah. one that like clearly looks like donkey kong and he's throwing the barrels i found that to be really fun yeah there's a there's a lot and of a good throwback yeah there's so many nice little nods to other games um I, I guess i should ask did you find samus or link in the game i definitely um i saw the f-zero machines i know i saw link early on because he's in a, a house early on mm. i don't remember if i saw samus i think samus is sleeping in an inn there's one inn where if you go to sleep at a certain time in the story like you'll wake up and next to you like in the other bed will be samus okay i did love the the call out to uh the different franchises yeah um because like if you if you didn't recognize franchises you just would have been like oh those are some weird uh weird statues in the corner yeah like the game's pretty pretty wacky anyway, so it's kind of to be expected. Mm. But as soon as you kind of know that, it's it's a very nice like call out to the fans. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, the the game is just there's so much care and so much detail that goes into it. I, I'm trying to think of my my like favorite sequences and my favorite little mini games. I really like the one in Land's End where you have to. Uh, jump up the the Koopa Troopa, the Sky Troopas, and you have to like yes. jump up the sides of that to get up that crazy huge wall. I definitely messed that up as a kid. And they time you. Um, also, the characters were kind of funny. Um, I really appreciated their kind of like army air force uh, motifs they had going on. Yeah. And then as as you were like jumping up the thing, you were essentially racing. Yep. Yeah. And when you get to the top, they gave you a time. So. Yeah. Did you, out of curiosity, in your file? Who did, uh, who got kissed at the wedding? Like the wedding between uh, Peach and, and Booster? Booster? Yeah, exactly. Who got kissed at that wedding for you? I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, because I think there's like, I think there's a lot of different combinations that could happen. It can be, it can be Peach kisses Mario. It can be Mario kisses Bowser. It can be Booster kisses somebody. Like there's a bunch of different outcomes for that sequence that are really funny. I think it involved Bowser. Yeah. Uh, Bowser and Mario. If uh, this is jogging my memory correctly, yeah, there's there's a bunch. It, I think that that sequence all depends on how quickly you found the three items in the room. Like if you found her brooch and her her brooch and her amulet oh, yeah. and her ring really quickly, then you got a good ending. But if you didn't, if you took like your time by accident, then you'd end up yeah. seeing a wacky kiss sequence. I I loved how um Booster and Valentina got married at the end as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love how Dodo's just kind of sitting there and, and almost like face palms. Yeah, and kind of goes like, "Here we go again." As Valentina just like runs out. Yeah, it's so great. And, that ending sequence is so good. Yeah, it was just like so. It was bittersweet because like, oh, the game's like done, mm-hmm. but it just seemed to wrap up everything and like show me all the characters and kind of show what they're doing. Mm. So I felt that to be to be very nice. Did Star did um what is it Star Hill? Did Star Hill break your heart? How it was just kind of it it felt empty and desolate almost. Mm. Yeah. Um when I was there. Did you did you and, go around and read everybody's wishes? Yeah. Yeah. Were there any that stuck out to you in particular? 
Um, none that I can remember off the top of my head, but I definitely remember like, oh, this place isn't functioning yeah. and people are in need of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember going through those, like I took, as a kid, I took my time through Star Hill and I would go through and read everybody's wishes. And it was funny how you'd find like every character in the game had a wish there almost like one of the chefs from the cake sequence like he had a wish there being like i wish i could be a great chef or like you could like every single character it felt like had uh like a like a throwaway piece of line there like a a throwaway line of dialogue there and i really thought that was a nice little attention to detail um overall though the area was quite empty though so and um it helps flesh out the world because you met all those people yeah so it's like Oh, what did they want? But not necessarily in a, you're like snooping in them type of way. Yeah. Like you're seeing their dreams and helps make the characters feel more robust or like fuller, fuller uh, people. Yeah. Definitely rounds them out as characters. Yeah. Did you have a, a favorite spell or attack in the game? Um, the, the Geno boost bounce combo is, or jump combo is pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah. I enjoyed that one. The damage output is crazy. Um, the the fireballs are fun too, though. To be honest, how it's kind of button mash. Yeah. And Gino's beam. Uh, you mentioned it like in the first podcast. Yeah. I love it. Gino just looks like an absolute boss. Yeah, he does, right? Like Gino looks like a total freaking boss. It's like uh, it's like when Vegeta's taking out the the like androids. Yeah. Um, and he just kind of like big bang attacks them. Yeah, yeah. That's, G- that's what I felt. Gino is such a crazy character. I think it's partially because like in the game, it, like coming into the game, kids know who Mario is. Kids know who Bowser is. But this new character is like kind of mysterious and he's kind of a badass. Like oh, Gino is where it was at. Yeah, he he definitely was like, hey, you need to join me because my stuff's important. Yeah. Um And... He was w- definitely willing to do it alone. Mm. Um, when he he fights the the arrow guy right at at the start of the game, um, I love how in that sequence, I'm pretty sure um, Mario is trying to run up there, mm. and Mallow's like, "Who do you think you are, like Bruce Lee or something?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Specifically, like calls up Bruce Lee and like, good job on the localization because mm. that uh, it helped kind of ground the world. And it, was, it was a good call out. A good call to kind of real world mm. stuff right yeah oh man it was, it was so good it was so freaking good i remember as a kid i my least favorite area if somebody asked me like i love nimbus land but i hated the mines in mulville i despised that area as a kid it felt so dark and like i couldn't jump around as much as i wanted to like uh, even replaying that that level as an adult, I, I still feel like uh, I just want to get out of these mines and and just keep going back to the sunny, nice areas in Mario RPG. Yeah, it's claustrophobic, and it it does. Many of the areas are that kind of nice sunny day, like um, Mario World, um, yeah, or Mario Land kind of situation. But the mines were definitely they had that kind of mole aesthetic. Mm. Um, I found, yeah, and the moles, of course, are very like earthy and underground it felt almost very like donkey kongy like minecart yeah definitely yeah would you would you pay for an irl caro caro cola yeah um i don't know when the last time i drank pop is actually but uh i would would definitely it 
some some like fandom things it's just like you know spend my money for me uh i have a bunch of amiibos on the shelf that oh, nice. i haven't drained in smash bros so uh gotcha. i definitely could see myself buying it so would you would you play gino if he was a character in smash bros um i honestly i i kind of thought this would come up mm. but i i would much rather see mallow as a smash bros fighter than gino to be honest wow that is a controversial take um I, i'm willing to to take take the flames on this one um you've invited cause, them because gino like you're you're gonna get a character who's kind of a cross between like Mega Man and samus yeah right uh, just on the source material yep but mallow is he's got his magic attacks mm. he has his symbols mm. um, which are very unique and his body just kind of looks different i imagine they'd have to make him like kind of taller than the jigglypuff and kirby yeah um but i think he just overall would give a more creative moveset yeah i i am one of those fanboys i have been begging for gino since like since smash bros brawl was announced like i've been like yeah. please please stars align give us gino please but yeah i mean all the begging in the world isn't gonna have nintendo hear it i mean because Super cool character, and I'm I'm glad they uh, even though it was kind of like a, a bit of a bit of maybe um, so throwing salt on the wound when they they made him a me kind of costume. Yeah. Um, but like, of course, I'd love any of those characters, uh, Mallow or Gino, to be in Smash. But I just think Mallow would give us a more creative move set. Yeah. Oh, I I, yeah. I mean I can't deny that. That is just that is a hundred percent truth. If we got if we got Gino, he would be a Samus clone, and I would feel sad, but I would still be hyped for it. I mean, uh, it's it's not gonna happen. I've I let that ship sail a long time ago, but it would be pretty awesome. It's better to uh, to not believe it's gonna happen, and then just be pleasantly surprised when it does, than uh, always be disappointed when it doesn't. Right? I know, but I I can't stop myself from hoping. Like I'm a horrible fanboy like that. I can't stop myself from hoping, and every time, every game, I'm like, please, Gino, please. It just never happens, man. It just never happens. Hey, we have we have the DLC coming out. Um, That's you right. Know, if we're getting Joker in Smash, obviously anything's possible. Oh, I mean. When it when Cloud when Cloud came to when Final Fantasy VII came to Smash Bros at that point I knew like any character at this point is possible we have opened the floodgates to any character we might have Goku we might have Luffy we might have anybody the the floodgates are open but we are we are getting way off the topic oh yeah we are <laughs> off the game game at hand here we have lost it we've lost the plot yeah but. Man, I God, this game is so special. I'm really, really glad that you got to sit down and play it and enjoy it. And I'm honestly, I think the thing you said that really hypes me up the most is that you just said that it holds up well. I think that is really cool to hear because obviously a lot of JRPGs don't hold up well, you know? No, and I think that's partially due to it kind of being um, almost like baby's first JRPG. Uh, and I don't say that with any offense because those are kind of my favorite JRPGs. Mm. Um like graphically they knew what they were doing so it holds up aesthetically and then the gameplay wise it has uh the mini games give enough differentiation and breaks that you never feel super like bored or that you're in a in a slow or low point yeah was there was there any mini games that you like really really sucked at like there was one in particular that sticks out in my mind it's the mini game that Whenever, uh, whenever you fight the clown twins at the top of Booster's Tower, 
and then Booster grabs Peach and runs off up the hill, and you have to chase yeah. him up the hill with the Snivets behind you and, like, try and bounce off the Snivets to touch Booster and get, like, flower points. I was always terrible at that minigame, and I... Oh, man, I hated that minigame so bad. I, I remember not doing well at that one, but I did find it really cool that you lost speed when you jumped, so, like, jumping at the wrong point didn't help you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably the worst one I was at. Like, luckily, we got the Yoshi cookies, mm. and uh, those kind of let you win the race. Yeah. But you have to button tap with the music. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm really bad at kind of pulling out the beats between off beats and stuff like that. How did you How did you play the game, if you don't mind my asking? Was this an emulator, or was this on, like, a SNES Classic, or...? Uh, I actually used the SNES Classic for it. Um, huh. I've been looking for a cartridge of this game for forever. Like it's been on my list to play for a long time. Mm. And uh, actually, listening to your episode, mm. uh, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna actually finish, sit down, and play this game. Oh, that's awesome! That's, that that warms my heart, friend. I I can't uh, I can't put it off any longer. So um, I had a SNES Classic, or I have one. Mm. So I was like, you know, I'm just gonna play it on there. I don't, I don't know if this is an issue with the SNES Classic as well, but I will say this much. I will, I'm being completely honest with you. When I played this game on like an old school tube TV with a Super Nintendo and like a SNES gamepad, I found that Yoshi beat tapping minigame really, really easy. It was just A, B, A, B, just, and it was like perfectly in sync, super easy. But whenever I've played, tried to play the game uh, with any kind of emulation, and I would suspect the SNES Classic is also a part of this, anytime yeah. I've tried to play it with any kind of emulation, the beat is not easy to hit. I have never been able to get into that rhythm that I did so easily back when it was on an actual SNES cart SNES cartridge and Super Nintendo. That wouldn't surprise me, Alec, because they definitely when when making those games they they knew what the delay was. Yeah. Uh, versus in emulation you can't capture that. And I would have loved to play it on uh, CRT. Like I have a CRT mm. that I normally use for my retro gaming. It's just uh, I'm a poor student and didn't want to shell out the uh, uh, my future firstborn for yeah. a Super Mario RPG cartridge. Yeah, I, f I feel you. But if you do yeah. one day ever luck into it, you will see that the timing is miraculously easier on a CRT. Good, because uh, as soon as I pick up a cartridge, I'm going to have to replay that game. So Yeah, I, pr I promise you. You will be like, why is this so difficult? Like, this is such an easy thing. But I remember every time I've tried to play it with an emulator of any kind, no matter what kind of settings I use, it always is notoriously nefariously difficult to try and get that stupid yoshi minigame to tap correctly i i just could never do it but yeah oh such a man there's so much and to say about mario rpg it's such a great game yeah thanks for making me uh, feel better about that music video game because uh, music uh, minigame because i just assumed like mm. i know i'm not that musically talented but uh that that would make a lot of sense of just kind of an emulation it's lost yeah, it's definitely an Emmy. It's definitely that. I promise you, your gamer instincts are not that bad. Your reaction time cannot possibly be that bad. No, I hope not. Um, speaking of reaction time, I love the combat system in this game, how it's not passive. It, it's kind of like, I would say, like 0.5 passive. If one was active, zero was like Pokemon, where you just kind of hit the things and watch. Yeah. Um, I really love the action commands. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I love that it's not just in offense, it's also in defense, like in blocking. Yes. Yeah. Because um, otherwise I find uh, maybe I, I have a low intention span, 
but sometimes in a like static battle, static turn-based battle, that's when I'm going to find myself like being unengaged in the game. Mm. Um, but I found I found the game or like first of all the music, the battle music is very much like okay, let's let's get this on. Yeah, yeah. And I really enjoyed that. Um, but then as you're battling, you kind of still have to half pay attention. Mm, yeah. And I enjoyed that. And because there were so few palette swaps in the game, it felt like in every area you were going to, you were always meeting new monsters with new abilities, and if you wanted to time any defensive techniques, you kind of really had to pay attention. You couldn't just kind of yeah. go on autopilot and assume everything would attack the same way. And it's so satisfying uh, when you hit, like, especially the attack um, action commands and you get that little, like, chime and the star. Yeah, yeah. And getting the defense is just so satisfying. Yeah. If you think, oh man, if, I mean, if, if, jeez, if you think that though that is satisfying, you should honestly look up speedruns of Mario RPG because the speedrun techniques for, for that game are bananas. Have you ever seen a speedrun of Mario RPG? I haven't, uh, though I do enjoy watching speedruns. Um, I guess that game is probably one I would have avoided up until now just because yeah. I would want it to be kind of ruined by... The, by watching speedrun, because sometimes watching a speedrun really ruins your uh, your love or your desire to play through a game. Yeah. But uh, what's the what's the world record for it? Oh geez, I don't even know. You can I'll let you Google through that, but I will tell you, I will tell you with no uncertainty, the technique that people use to beat the game ludicrously quick is to have Mario super jump bosses like three hundred consecutive times in a row. It is crazy how small the frame windows are for a lot of those button inputs. That's insane. Um, the world record right now is 2 hours, 46 minutes, and 40 seconds. Yeah, that's crazy. That is bananas. That is insane. Yeah, that is super, super fast. And yeah. I clocked in about 15 hours, Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, that would not and surprise me. I, I definitely, like, took my time. I didn't do as much side quests as I probably should have, as this conversation probably shows. Mm. But... Uh, I mean, most of the side quests that you missed out on are honestly within like an you can you can hit most of them in an hour of gameplay. You you really you hit ninety nine percent of the content in the game. There's just nice little things they threw in there to kind of give the players something else and something creative and weird to like go after and check out. But I really believe in my heart of hearts, you've hit ninety nine percent of the content. Of course, if you want to you know like get achievement unlocked, you should definitely fight and beat Kulix. He's definitely a tough cookie, but yeah, you'll you'll enjoy it. It's a great encounter. Good and. It's not that I like wanted to rush out of the universe. Mm. It's just that like, okay, I I felt beat the main story, yeah. and I was like, you know, I don't know if it's uh, it's worth going back, but I definitely do need to play the side quest now because you got me wanting more Super Mario RPG. Oh, that's great. Well, when you get the lazy shell, your mouth will drop when you see the defensive stats on it, and you see what it looks like in combat. You're gonna be like, what? This is bananas. It's crazy. It is um, super I crazy. Did did love speaking of like different kind of equipment and weapons i loved how when you like mario's between his like punch and hammer the commands are different yeah yeah how the different kind of weapon types even though you're using the same character they have different properties mm, yeah totally and they have different timings and they behave differently yes. yeah i actually that kind of reminds me that is one area where i do wish Mario RPG had been a, a little stronger. I do feel as though Mario's special abilities were very one-dimensional. I I do wish that there had been more than just jumps and fireballs. I know that's what like Mario that's his shtick, right? Uh, but I do, there is like a part of me that's like, man, I wish they had 
been able to add something else. I'm sure that was Nintendo going like no hard no, like you're not we're not going to let you include anything else. But it would have been cool if they'd actually been able to include other other abilities or other t- attacks of some kind for Mario. Even I wonder if they could have used his like already established kind of suits um, as weapons, like a frog frog spell or like a raccoon spell. But oh, that would have been sick. Oh man, that would have been cool. They didn't seem to want to call out to any game in particular, though. So right, that makes sense. I mean, they were yeah. they were trying to keep it in, in, in as an inclusive package as possible, and there was honestly already so much going on there that it's like, hey, I mean, just let the players enjoy what's there. There's so much care packed into that game that it's like, ugh, I I, I recommend it to everybody. It's it's in my my short list of games that I'm like, I don't care who you are, I don't care what your background is, I don't care what kind of gamer you are. You've got to play Mario RPG. Everybody in the world should play Mario RPG. Oh, totally. Like the narrative, um, like it's great for even as a as a more mature person. Like you're not going to feel I never felt like the game was talking to me like as a child. Yeah. Which is huge. And the gameplay was fun, simple enough, like easy to learn, kind of hard to master as Nintendo games always are. And like Mm. Square was obviously pulling out their A game as they were in that era as well. Um, so I think any any level of gamer that you are, you're going to find a great time in this game. You know, just kind of trying to get to know you more, Corey, like what other games would you put in that category? Like what other games would you describe as must play regardless of person go? Like what what are the games come to mind? Um, so I would definitely put Sonic 2 um, in there as it's just a very like simple kind of kind of run um Mm. but then as you play it like you kind of realize there's layers to it quite literally like there's uh each level has multiple different layers for kind of how proficient you are Mm. um i would put deadly premonition um in that list Mm. literally one of the worst games i've ever played yeah but it it really strikes my itch of that kind of like weird humor and like be uh video kind of hmm interesting if that makes sense yeah yeah no it does it does i actually have a i have a morbid obsession with uh fmv games i don't know if you're familiar okay. i love those like really old 90s cd fmv games uh yeah no i, I kind of feel you yeah, i kind of they're kind of like a weird artifact of the past but yeah deadly premonition that's interesting wow um honestly the game is completely messed up um but would would highly recommend playing it um wow I don't know what how much other games. I honestly split a lot by kind of genre and error. Mm. Era. Um, I think Balloon Fight's a must play for everyone. Yeah. Um, that game's just so so simple but fun. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's so much fun. It is the it is the easiest, most approachable game ever, but it is a ton of fun to play. And like playing it, well, there's Balloon Balloon Rush mode, uh, which I'm surprised they haven't made into a mobile game, considering it's so much like those kind of dungeon runners or even like flappy bird back in the day yeah um and then you have the the like kind of main mode and if you play that multiplayer so much fun out of curiosity are you a fan of mmos i haven't played too many um i played runescape when that was kind of all the all the rage rage. uh, growing up but i never got really into it um i love the social aspect to it but uh the grinding i found Mm. was um not something I was willing to do. At the uh, at the risk of totally like veering this conversation into a horrible direction, um, I I recently like I think like what three or four months ago, uh, Ready Player One the movie came out, and yes. 
Uh, did you see the movie or have you read the books? I haven't uh, read the books or watched the movie, but I'm aware that it's kind of got that perfect like 80s uh, nostalgia going on. Yeah, I, I will say I will I will spare you. I'm going to trade you two hours of misery for like 20 hours of joy. Do not watch the movie. The movie is I shouldn't say this. I'm going to get I'm sure I'm going to have listeners that love the movie, but the book is so amazing. And because you suggested balloon fight to me, um, the the thing that I love about the book is that it's about this kid who basically spends all of his time in this virtual world. And he really like as a, as a main character, Wade really loves like old games. Like he treasures old yeah. games and he studies old games and he, uh, he like, he, he, you know, he watches them, he plays them religiously. And I would, I would relate to that strongly. Yeah. And oh. I, I think the audiobook in particular, I love the audiobook, and it's narrated really well. Oh gosh. I can't, I can't remember the life of me who narrates. Let me Google this narrator for ready player one it's a famous it's a famous actor um that's right will wheaton will wheaton uh okay yeah uh, also a big star trek fan so i'd love to hear more of will wheaton yeah he he narrates the the ready player one book so beautifully and he does such an energetic performance and it really like the vibes that i've gotten from you are like from this episode i i think i really really think you would love ready player one's audiobook I cannot recommend enough. If you have like, if you have time during a commute or something, throw that on. It will result in countless driveway moments where you get home and you're like, I don't want to stop listening. I need to keep listening. This oh, is so engaging. So I'd love that. I, I love to read books as well. So I might even just pick up a, a paper copy of it. Yes, but don't um, stay away from the movie. I promise you, the movie is like, if Hollywood got a hold of this really juicy, amazing book and like turned it into visual candy it's beautiful it's a beautiful film but anyways i'm, I'm losing i'm losing the plot but that's right mario rpg um, i don't i mean i think man i think i've hit but pretty much everything i've got to say about this amazing game did you have anything else you wanted to kind of like dive into um before we we veer too far back into what we're talking about i need to talk about streets of rage oh okay uh, huge fan of side scroller beat-em-ups and uh streets of rage one streets of rage two turtles in time golden axe all those games wow um even cyborg justice Jeez. those games are up there in my must plays man turtles and i mean who, who can honestly who can argue with turtles in time i mean he's got the turtles um super fun yeah multiplayer yeah it's got the like it's got the surfing sequences that are totally crazy and awesome in the sewers and oh, yes geez. and the uh the ouch mitosis yeah <laughs> yeah right it's it's pizza time i always think of whenever i think of like pizza time i always think of turtles yes ah so Um, good just looking through my notes if there's anything i really want to touch on that uh i didn't get into but go for it yeah i mean mario rpg is a game that is so rich and so amazing we could probably record four hours of content and still not touch even half of what the game has oh totally how did you how did you feel about this man this is total interruption but how did you feel about luigi not being in the game do you think that's a notable absence or is that is that permissible i was wondering if he's gonna come in because uh in in the paper mario games um Hmm. like in paper mario one you can read his uh i think it's his diary Hmm. and he's just always like disappointed and uh you constantly go back to mario's place and you see him like live a mundane life yeah yeah um and then in thousand year door he's like going on that side adventure which they put a ton of effort into writing yeah um and even super paper mario where he's like i think it's count black or whatever that was hilarious Hmm. um but i'm not really surprised he was left out here 
because uh, if he wasn't going to be a party member, right? Like none of the characters outside of the party, um, you really talk to multiple times. Uh, very few times were you going back to a kind of stable hub. Mm. So I guess they could have had him just like show up in the world, yeah, and do funny things, but uh, didn't see a, a total need for him. I, I guess the last question I have for you, and this is probably going to be one of the harder questions I've asked you this evening. You're somebody yeah. who loved the Paper Mario series coming into Mario RPG. How do you feel? How do you feel that Mario RPG fits into that family? Do you think that it fits into that family, or do you think that it's a black sheep, or do you think it was a non-starter, or how do you like? How do you think of these games together as a collective? Because a lot of fans, after playing Mario RPG, myself included. When Paper Mario came out, you know, following it, a lot of people felt like I don't even know the word. I don't. I don't want to say jilted, but a lot of people were like um, almost stunned at how different it was in presentation and how different it was in terms of gameplay. Um, how did? You, how do you think about these games now that you've played kind of both and you've kind of seen both sides of it? Yeah. So uh, of course I played Paper Mario first, uh, and and that's why I kind of knew I was gonna love Super Mario RPG as they are kind of in the same um same kind of vein um i would consider them almost i kind of really want to go into some like biology um like lineages (laughs) here almost uh like paper mario is like boss taurus where super mario rpg is boss indicus those are just two different species of cows uh regular cows and um um oh bronum bronum um but i would say that it's it's almost like a a proto paper mario in some aspects Mm. but then at the same time it's doing something else um so it's got definitely paper mario came out of super mario rpg Mm. but it went in a different direction than super mario rpg took yeah if that makes sense oh totally yeah do you do you think that mario rpg deserves a true sequel or are you content with it being a one and done I would be very happy if it got a true sequel mm. um, just to even see Square and Nintendo collaborate on that level again. Yeah. Um, and I think though, though like we have um, like a, a new series of Mario RPGs, like the Mario and RPG or Mario and Luigi RPG series, I don't think they scratched the same itch or they haven't scratched the same itch for me mm. as kind of Super Mario RPG was able to scratch. Gotcha. Interesting. So kind of, more of a a 16-bit era RPG with uh, Square and Nintendo doing it, like sign me up. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. And oh God, I just, it, whenever I think about Mario RPG and I think of all the ways that it pays homage to the earlier games that came before it, and just the way that I mean, it has it has the 8-bit Mario sprite in there. It's got yeah. it's got so many musical tracks that are so great in so many areas and. If if I if somebody asked me to like summarize Mario RPG in a single word, that word would be just polished. I, I really feel yes. as though that game is like the, the creators just jammed so much love and so much affection into that game. It really, it really so it's it's the best. I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna probably say a bold statement. I think it's the best game on the Super Nintendo, and that's a pretty pretty robust library. I mean that that is a bold statement. I would consider like the the Super Nintendo to be kind of the pinnacle of like sprite based or uh, even kind of 2d gaming mm. um just because like i felt graphics and sprite art were really like maxed out um where the industry's like 
putting the most kind of money and talent into that at that point. Not saying that like the indie stuff now isn't better because it, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks better, but like they have they have better hardware as well. Mm-hmm. But um, from from the industry, the AAA perspective, that's when the most like finances and manpower are being put into that. Yeah, and um, you have lots of games that are like top contenders for amazing games, like A Link to the Past, Super Mario World, Yoshi's yeah um island super metroid super mario Mario rpg super metroid's a gem as well and um i would definitely say super mario rpg stands up there as kind of one of the flag bearers for you know this is why you need a super nintendo yeah and this is why you need to uh to really get into retro gaming especially in that era yeah if it it's like somebody could argue to me in 2019, like you could argue to me that modern games look better than Mario RPG. Like you, you could, you, somebody could make the argument to me that maybe Undertale or a modern indie game looks better than Mario RPG. But the thing that I don't think somebody could tell me is that it is that anything, I don't think there's any game that has as much heart and as polish and care as Mario RPG. I mean, that, that game is just, it is the product of hundreds of people who created this beautiful vision and a brand new interpretation of Mario's universe and the characters are charming, the world is charming, the music's... It's just everything about it is stunning to me. It, it felt like uh, the game was made by fans, straight out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Square that approached Nintendo mm. uh, to work on it and is predominantly, I believe, done by Square. Mm. But it felt like all of the uh, developers grew up playing Mario and just loved the game and wanted to put that sort of care and heart into it. And you feel that when you play the game. Yeah, it is it is a masterpiece of a game for so many reasons. And it's just, it's stunning because the main character doesn't even speak. I mean, the ma- Mario yes. doesn't even speak and this game has so much heart in it that it's like, damn, man, I, I reel at this game. I mean, I grew up playing it. I loved it as a kid. And anybody that tries to tell me that I love my RPG because of nostalgia... I will tell them to eat their hat because I just think this game is aged well and I just think it's a it's a fun game to play. Well, considering I haven't played it until this year, um, yeah. and though I do play a lot more retro games than probably the average gamer, mm. it, I would say it holds up. Um, mm. I would not feel uncomfortable recommending this to anyone who's even not familiar with, uh, with retro gaming. Yeah. Uh, so good. God, gosh, freaking dang it. Now I got to go play Mario RPG. Yeah, That's so good. Make sure you uh, make sure you share. Was it share the games you love with the people you like, though? So, <laughs> did you just try to steal my closing line? How dare you, no, Corey? I actually love the closing line. I I use it a lot uh, uh, in my in my everyday life. So, do you know what it's from? Do you know what I stole it from? No, I don't. Oh my gosh, I'm about to blow your mind. I'm about to tell. I'm about to reveal the secret to the entire listening public of the podcast. I, I, might... I don't know if you want to, because that one, at the end of the first episode I listened to when I heard that, that's when I like truly bought into this podcast. Oh, so. wow. Well, I will I will tell you, it comes from something I really love. It's not a, it's not a direct quote, but it's an homage to a quote that I love. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, I talk about this, this one of my favorite animated cartoons, uh, is or animated TV shows, is a, is a show called Futurama. I, okay. I love Futurama. Have you seen Futurama? Yeah, I've seen Futurama. Right. Great show. It's a great. It is a great. It's it's got just as much heart in it as Mario RPG does. But there's a there's an episode. Um, there's an episode of Futurama where uh, Fry 
becomes like he discovers that he left like ten dollars in a bank account in like 1999 and he's now like a trillionaire and like you know the, in the future in the year 3000 is that the one where he like um also buys some like anchovies to have anchovy pizza that's exactly it and that's where the quote comes from uh at the end of the episode he realizes or you know his friends realize you spent your entire fortune to buy the last can of anchovies to share a pizza with your friends and that's when he says the quote I wanted to share the food I love with the people I like. And that is the that is where the quote for Scanline Vibes comes from. If it's from Futurama, I will still consider it magic and special. Awesome. So, That's great. Oh, it's great. I'm glad I didn't ruin the magic. <laughs> no, wool still firmly over my eyes. Awesome. Yeah. No, I love that quote when I heard it. You know, it's like, I want to share the food I love with the people I like. I'm like, Fry, you're such an idiot, but I love that quote. Like, God, I love that quote. Yeah, well, there you go. The magic is the magic's still there. But man, thank you so much, Corey, for being a part of the podcast. It was honestly a genuine pleasure getting to relive this game with you and hear like see hear how you enjoyed it from the perspective of a brand new player. And man, that's awesome. I'm so glad you had a fun time playing it. Well, thanks for getting me to finally play it. Um, I have a have a long list of games that I need to get through, and you know, listening to your episode. Um, really, really uh, made it supplant everything else on the list and just bump up the first place. So I thought that was really um, getting to play it and then being able to talk to you about it. Uh, mm. I really enjoyed the game. So, and I'm really glad that you got me in on here to talk about it. That's awesome. That is so freaking cool. Well, I'm man. Keep sharing it with people. I'm gonna keep sharing it with people. I mean, who knows? By the end of by the end of this year, I'll probably have five more episodes about scam or about Mario RPG. But I mean, that's just neither here nor there. But man, thank you so much for being on the podcast. So Corey, as we're shutting this down, do you have anybody you want to shout out on the podcast before I wrap things up? Yeah, uh, if we can just shout out Rob Nova. He's a he's a YouTuber. I'm just gonna make sure I have his. Uh, YouTube handle correct. Sorry, I should have should have pulled that out. Um, I know I know exactly who you're talking about. Easy boss fights. Yeah, easy boss fights. Uh, he's a really cool guy. I talked to him on Reddit. Um, so his channel is Retro Game Nova uh, on YouTube, and he, he's always willing to like talk to other people about retro video games online. So I really enjoy that and. Uh, Probably the reason I ran into speaking to you hmm. is because I was speaking about retro video games more on Reddit, and uh, you found my post and reached out to me. So, hmm. well, that is uh, that's freaking awesome. I'm so glad I bumped into the and bumped into you. And yeah, Rob is an awesome dude. I actually, um, I am a huge fan of his work. He like he has the funniest personality for his videos. Like I don't know if you've, I, I don't want to imitate it. Oh, I'm gonna try and imitate it. I'm horrible. He's like, what is it when he starts his videos? He's like, oh yeah, like yeah. Love, um, oh, I'm gonna, he's, yeah, and he does the like fist pump thing. Yeah, yeah. I just actually did the fist pump in real life. Oh, Rob is gonna be so mad at me. Like, Rob, please come on the podcast. I wanna, I wanna host with you. I wanna host you. That'll be so much fun. But. Yeah, no, he's he's such a cool dude. He's such a great guy, and I love his channel too. So I will definitely drop a link to his channel in the show notes for sure. Sweet. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I'd I'd send people there. He did a super good episode on Cyborg Justice. Uh, so would would recommend that one because that game is a absolute obscure side scroller beat 'em up gem. Yeah, and more people should play it. Uh, I, I know he did a um I did Rocket Knight Adventures with one of my friends and he actually did um a, an easy boss fight video on one of the bosses from Rocket Knight Adventures. I was like, yeah, oh, thank you so um, much, Rob. Yeah, he's such a cool dude. I felt like there was some collab between you two there because uh, there's I knew you were uh, 
where you just had data rocket knight adventure episode and then he came out with one so yep yeah i oh man i'm actually i'm about to dm him right now but yeah i will i will let things stand there i'm actually not going to close this out i will let you close this out Corey. for the first time ever would you like to close this podcast out yeah it's an honor uh so everyone just you know play the uh play and share the games you love with the people you like Dude, see you guys next time on Scanline Vibes. Thank you for listening.